Welcome to the Impact Speaker Podcast. We're all about the speaking industry. We'll share how to create, position, and package your message as a professional speaker. You'll learn real world strategies that helps to get you booked and paid to speak and share your message. I'm your host, Errol Ross. Thrilled you're here, whether you are a beginner, intermediate, or seasoned veteran, you'll find this podcast so valuable. We're going to dig into how we can get better, our message, our marketing materials, and definitely how we can get paid to share our message. Now, be sure to hit subscribe, share our podcast link with a friend. Truly helps the channel out. Thank you so much. Thank you for hanging out with me. This is part two of what makes a great speech. Hopefully you caught the first one, but if not, go back and check that out. Today, we're going to dig into more of the, you know, what makes a speech great in terms of connection? How are you connecting, engaging with the audience? And I got to tell you, there are a couple of steps here that are really pretty simple, but often overlooked. So number one, have the mindset of what problem am I solving? See, every organization has some inherent challenges, problems, concerns, and you as a speaker can address those problems. What makes the speech great is, yes, you were fun, enthusiastic, had great energy, but you solved a problem that they're having. I meet so many speakers who tell me they want to be a motivational speaker. And I kind of laugh because that's what I used to say, you know, 15 plus years ago, that's all I would say. And it was more generic motivation. But what I want you to do is focus your motivation on a specific area of their need. Maybe they need their sales team to be motivated to push through barriers or they need more customer service or navigating change, whatever it is. I'm not saying don't be motivational. What I'm saying is kind of harness your energy and your content around their problem. Number two, use personal stories. Can't tell you how big this is that we actually learn emotionally and it connects to us mentally. So stories have a huge impact in your presentation. I gave a keynote to a healthcare conference recently. And the funny thing is in the room were doctors, nurses, medical assistants, administration. It was all about improving the patient experience. So look, there are two ways I could talk about this. I could just say verbally that you know we need to treat patients better, you know, communicate, have kindness and really empathy for what they're going through. And all of that is true. Without a doubt, I won't get booed out of the room for saying that. Or I could share my story. And this is my story. I'll share it with you right now. You know, my wife and I are blessed to have two children, but prior we struggled. We had three miscarriages. I say we, my wife, I was there holding, praying, crying, but it's a big challenge. So finally, you know, we're blessed. We're going in for our first child to be born. And by the way, just a side note, I picked the date, all right? Uh, my wife had a C-section and the doctors called the home and asked, hey, we have these dates available. When do you want to perform your C-section? My wife was sleeping and I said, March 21st. So I just feel proud about that. But anyway, so we're going in for the C-section. Now we've had three miscarriages. How's my anxiety, high or low? Obviously high. How's my wife's anxiety? Quadruple high, okay? So we're going in. Now imagine she's in the bed right here, laying down. I'm by her head, holding her hands. We're praying. Behind her head is the anesthesiologist, and he's kind of walking her through what he's going to do. And then in walk three doctors, all right? And they do say hello, and then they kind of come in. There's a sheet right here. Her head's down here, and I keep doing this, like looking back at them, like wondering when we're going to start or how I know when we start. 
can you blow a whistle? What are we going to do here? Right? So I'm just doing this and I keep looking. My wife does this. I can feel that. I can feel that. That was her way to tell the guy behind her with the anesthesia to give her some more because she can feel the cut going on. They started. That was it. They were talking. They were talking, but about the new parking structure at the hospital and their golf game. True story. It was a new parking structure and it wasn't done. It was hard to find where to park. And they're complaining about the parking while they were doing the surgery. And I'm right here waiting. I'm going, oh my goodness. Next thing I know, my son's crying. I'm just concerned. Is he breathing? You know, the whole thing. And we're off. I'm in the room a little bit later. They sewed her up and she's back there. That was my memory of my son being born. Now, let me qualify this. I'm not saying those doctors are bad people. No, they took care of us. They were professional. They were safe. My son's fine. He's 14 now. He's a bull, right? But I didn't get much care. We didn't get much kindness or compassion. And I realized what it is. They do it every day. That's just part of their day. You know, it's not that they were purposefully being, you know, hateful or disregarding of us. They just didn't realize that it was our first time. See, even though they do this a hundred times a month, it was our first time. So is that the impression we'll leave on our patients? So time out. Now I'm done. What do you think? Which story resonates better? The first one isn't a story. I'm more just sharing, hey, we should treat patients better and be more kind and compassionate. Or I tell the story of when my wife had her C-section. I can tell you that after this keynote, the CMO came up. That's the chief medical officer. And he thanked me for being here. Great speech. And he goes, you know what, Daryl, I'm a little concerned. And I said, why, why sir? What's going on? He goes, that story you told, I, I wonder if we're doing that. You know, I wonder, we do it all the time. You know, if you look at a C-section or someone getting a heart bypass or there was a broken leg, we had to do a little surgery or a hip replacement to us, that's Tuesday. But to you, that's an experience that you hold forever. And you said your son's 14 now. That means you've been telling that story for 14 plus years about that hospital. And I said, that's kind of the point, sir, that we want to make sure that we acknowledge that it's tough. You have a very difficult job, but to remember the patients as their first time going through that potentially, we make a big difference in their memory. That's the power of a story. So don't forget, you all have a story. I don't care if it's healthcare or sports, you know, being a stay-at-home mom or dad. Bottom line is, your story will resonate. So lean into your own story. Number three, show personal pictures. This really connects with an audience and it tells them about you because the whole thing with connecting is that you're being authentic and genuine. And I think it resonates, whether it be about your kids or your pet, you know, your grandmother. Bottom line is the audience can relate to that. It makes a great connection. So use personal photos throughout your presentation to really rein in how it feels in the moment. So quick recap for what makes a great speech part two. Number one, have the mindset of what problem am I solving? Just don't be general motivation. Really come into it to what they need and how you can serve. Number two, use personal stories. No one has your story. It's unique to you. I share with you the the C-section story that me and my wife went through. You have some too. Lean into your story. And number three, show personal 
pictures. You'd be surprised how much you connect with your audience if you show a little bit about you. Hey, if you need a free resource, I've got one for you called Delivering a Great Speech. Put your name and email below. It's a PDF, about 10 pages. It kind of walks you through the best practices of a speech. So if you're brand new, go through it. As you build your first speech, go through it as a checklist. Make sure you've got all these in your speech. If you're a seasoned veteran out there, maybe you use it to kind of double check. You know, sometimes we're a veteran of speaking. We know some of this, but we've kind of forgotten or don't do it as much. And maybe we should do it again. So either way, it's my gift to you. Name me email below and it's yours. Thanks for hanging out with me and I'll see you next time. Stay blessed.